0: (laughs) Welcome to um, Talk on Top podcast. My name is Coach Lowe, and I'm going to be conducting today's interview. Today we have with us Delora Evans, and she is the founder of Full Fruit Empowerment Center. (laughs) We are so excited to have you, Delora. How are you?
1: I'm doing okay. Thank you. Thank you, Coach (laughs) Lowe.
0: That's wonderful. (laughs) So I'm so excited to hear all about Full Fruit Empowerment Center and what it is that you do. So, Delora, tell me what inspired you to start Full Fruit Empowerment Center?
1: Well, um, really practicality. Like, I've been in the field of counseling and therapy uh, since 2001, and – I just did the natural progression of what, like down here in Texas, I started out uh, trying to get a drug counselor certification because that was the quickest thing to get. I was 35 years old. I originally had an uh, MA, medical assistant certification. I was working in front offices of hospitals and, and I never could, I was always struggling money wise, even with mm-hmm. family health. And so when someone told me about those, um, that certification to be a drug counselor, I just moved here to Fort Worth and I'm like, they were like, it's just six classes and you can make so much money and then you could work at night. And I was like, oh, okay. So I went back to college uh, to get my associate's degree and um, the certification or the license as a drug counselor. And lo and behold, I realized, since I was 35, I realized that I'm a natural student. Like when I was in high school, I didn't like school. But uh, when I got back in college, I realized that it really wasn't hard for me. The hardest thing was getting to the school most times. Uh, So I began to study, make A's, get scholarships. I I sailed through that program. I became, you know, I got the, um, the, I took the classes to become a counselor. And for me, it was more finances and practicality. And it was just practical. I mean, it was suggested. It sounded easy. It wasn't. That I was saying, oh, I'm just a helper and I just want to help the world. It, that wasn't <laughs> it. <laughs> so maybe some other counselors and therapists, you know, that's their backstory. It's not mine. But what I've come to understand now, because hindsight is the only vision that's 2020, is that mm-hmm. I feel because I, it's, there's a difference between an occupation and a vocation.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And a vocation is an occupation that you're especially suited for. Okay. I'm especially suited for this, so it's it's become a vocation, and it, I was led into it by the power that guides me, but I didn't know it at the time. Like I know it now, so uh, it was really practical. So,
0: how did you come to discovering that you were led to being?
1: Well, a- I tried to leave, I've tried to leave numerous <laughs> times. <laughs> And when I go back, it's like it's really not hard. It's not hard for me to like I like studying, so you have to keep up your like I have uh two licenses and like two or three certifications, like every two years you have to you your study, especially as a therapist, because we're it's all type of things that that's always coming up new. You wanna stay, and then it's so competitive, it's so many therapists and counselors. So I'm always studying and taking. Uh, what we call uh continuing education units. We call them CEUs. So I'm, I'm always doing that for the licensure to recertify. And I'm always studying and reading and reading the psychology journals, reading. And so I actually like doing that. So it's not hard. And then I've set up skills to where it's really like if I do a session, it's not hard to put the note and they pay you when you do a note. Okay. They pay you you can say you're great, but your note proves it if you don't document it it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. So I I have different things that I've set up and that's why I train counselors now. I'm also my site is also a clinical training institute where I can train new counselors into the field. I'm a licensed professional counselor supervisor so I can Mm -hmm. share what has helped me, uh, you know, my gains, my my losses, my trial and error and everything that has turned me into who I am now. And that now I'm not trying to leave. Like, this is what I'll re- probably retire doing. So, wow. I like
0: that. <laughs> so, what is your story a little bit? Would you like to share with the audience a little bit about your background?
1: Yeah, my background is um, I come from Dallas, Texas. I was raised in an area called Oak Cliff. I was raised by a single mom. Um, my mom was 15 years old when she had me. And uh, we were in Love of Texas then. And she was in a staunch church family. And so, uh, mm-hmm when she started growing up and wanting to, you know, do her own thing and be here and there, my grandparents wouldn't allow her to take me with them. Mm. And so she she left me there with them for the first, right at nine years of my life. And then she came and got me because she had gotten married and her, her husband was from Dallas. So we ended up in Dallas and uh, just, you know, just a the you know regular childhood of a black inner city child you know what we call whoopings was actually abuse and had um, had cps been called no ch- everyone in the whole apartment complex would have been removed but right. you know we didn't know that at the time you know um, so i always look at it Oh, she's my mom <laughs> so um Growing up in the, you know, in Oak Cliff, I began to experiment with drugs and alcohol. And when I say experiment, that's exactly what it was. It was like you smoke a little weed, you drink a little drink. Like we we partied. Uh, this is the '80s, so it was about partying and having fun, dancing, and that's what it was about. And so uh, when I turned 20 years old, freebase was introduced. And just like any other drug, I didn't, we didn't think nothing of it. I mean, it's like anything else that's new. No one knew of exactly that it was an epidemic, that it was strategically placed. You know, they have that show snowfall right now. One of my sons asked me, does that bother you? Because I watched it and he he asked me, does that bother me to watch people assimilating like they're getting high? I'm like, that don't bother me. What what hurts is that they did this stuff to us and they're now capitalizing off of it, that they actually (laughs) funded a whole (laughs) war. You know, and now you know it's part of uh a, a streaming, it's like, but it was our lives. like right. we were devastated, and then we were marginalized and criminalized and demonized, mm-hmm. but then the opiate crisis come, and it's a medical so all of this, and uh even being in this field, you know, I had to go talk to my therapists and other professionals about because uh, I'm far past an addiction, but I'm not far past the memories. And I'm not far past, you know, the day de- what happened because I didn't raise my sons. You know, I was 20 years old, I was a baby. And so, like I said, uh, and so that, but now, and even with that, based on the first question you asked me, even with that, I still didn't say, I, I thought about being a drug counselor because I was now cleaning, recovery or whatever, but that wasn't. You know, I, I still wasn't saying I just want to help people get off drugs because I wasn't saying any of that. It was about me taking care of my children. Mm-hmm. And and they say you can make better money doing this. So, like I said, I was led and I was guided by the power that I believe in to place me right where I needed to be. Where I don't work hard. I do exactly what I love doing. I get to share who I am and I make money with it. So
0: I love that. That is awesome. So you did that with how you went to school and raised children.
1: Well, I can't when I moved forward and I moved forward from Dallas uh, to go into a treatment center because all the while of the 90s, I had kind of ran through and ran in and out of programs and that some of them had the policies that you couldn't come back. And so I was in treatment in Dallas, a women and mm-hmm. children program. And my daughter, she's 27. Now she was six. And so the 60 days was up and the counselor I had told me, well, we can't find anywhere for you to go. You know, I couldn't go to my family. I don't have that kind of family. I wasn't, you know, I I don't have that family where you come stay with me and stuff like that. And uh, so she found a spot at this place here in Fort Worth. I didn't want to (laughs) come, but I mean, me and my daughter moved here and five months into I I moved her to go into another program. I was in that program when I started college. And it was Mm -hmm. really the counselor that I had. Uh, She was telling me, you would probably make a good counselor. And I was, and then she's the one told me about how how much I could make. And that's the way I made the decision because I didn't have, my self-esteem was non-existent. You know, Mm -hmm. when they say low self-esteem or high self-esteem, well, some of our self-esteem don't even exist. Wow. And we work up to low and we work up to, and then really, even on any given day, my self esteem could be high. It, it's based on how I'm feeling about me that day, mm. what I've allowed into my life that day, right? You know, it, right. and what's going on around me. So it's very important not to have people around us who that help to empower us and it's mutually supporting. It's not about a bunch of backbiting, and that's important. People don't think that, but uh, so my self esteem could still crash with all these accolades and all these years, uh, cleaning. And in, in sobriety, like I, I could still crash on any given day and think about you should be further in life and, oh, you didn't do that, you know, that kind of stuff. So it plagues me, but I don't let it keep me down. I let it kind of run through my mind. So, but yes, I did. Back to your original question, I raised uh, my daughter was six when I started college, and we did the, the things that people do. I was on housing, I was on the county aid, I drove a cash car, like, like the first car i had was five hundred dollars i spent five hundred dollars on that car and spent five thousand dollars trying to keep it running you see what i'm saying now i go to the dealership <laughs> i'm now driving new cars but it hasn't always been this way and i worked my ass off to get exactly what i have i don't have a lot of human help. like i'm not married i don't like my mom and my dad my dad died my mom is not that type of a mother and so um i say like david said in songs had it not been for the Lord on my side. And that's the power that I believe in that, that helps me. So, yeah.
0: Wow. What a story. It sounds like, you know, you had to find a place to live and you were doing uh building your career at the same time. Where did you find the strength to do that?
1: I said, I, we had, when I was growing up in church, there was a song by Mahalia Jackson. She say, my soul looked back in wonder how I got over. <laughs> That's what I do. I'm like, how was I doing? Because I was, and when I was in Worth, and I got my bachelor's degree and didn't. I went to the university. So I drove, I would get off work. I would drive to like, And then my daughter, like, I mean, I do. I sit back and I'm like, and then I was very active in a 12-step program. Like I went through a 12-step program. So I was sponsoring people. I was speaking here and there about my recovery journey i was doing all of that so it was you know it was a it was a strength that was not my own mm. and i never forget where my real strength lies my real strength does not lie it lies in in something that's really intangible and it's indescribable a person have to know it for themselves
0: mm. how did you get to know that that power how did you get to know uh,
1: mm-hmm. people would tell me um I said, we had, when I was growing up in church, there was a song by Mahalia Jackson. She say, my soul looked back in wonder how I got over. <laughs> That's what I do. I'm like, how was I doing? Because I was, and when, I was in yeah. Fort and I got my bachelor's degree and didn't. I went to the university. So I drove, I would get off work. I would drive to like. And then my daughter, like, I mean, I do. I sit back and I'm like, and then I was very active in a 12-step program. Like I went mm. through a twelve step program so I was sponsoring people, I was speaking here and there about my recovery journey. I was doing all of that so it was you know it was a it was a strength that was not my own mm. and I never forget where my real strength lies. My real strength does not lie it lies in in something that's really intangible and it's indescribable. A person have to know it for themselves.
0: Mm. How did you get to know that that power how did you get to know uh, mm-hmm.
1: people would tell me um you know we are a lot of times in society we're really good the, we are, we're really big on saying what to do but not how to do it right so we would say one of the 12 step uh, mantras is let go and let god that's right first of all you have to understand what god is to you is it good orderly direction is it a mm-hmm. group of druggies mm-hmm. like these people are my power right now because i trust that they're clean so If they can do it, I mean, whatever it is, if it's gifts of desperation. So we have to find what that is in order to turn something over to it. So it's really a step process. It's not like I'm just going to jump on top of, well, let go and let God. And you need to turn that over. Okay, first I need to discover who that is. The more I discovered who God was and wasn't, the more I found me. You see what I'm saying? The more I started understanding who I am. And my mm-hmm. role and my purpose in life, but uh, like I say, people will tell you what to do, but not actually how to do it. So, like I say, first I needed to understand what what is God to me. Who is what is that? What's that power? Do I name it? Do I not name it? Do I inherit? My grandmother's like, what do I do? But the minute I define God, I find God. Mm-hmm. See, we're real big. We're in an era where we need to define everything. Mm-hmm. You know, we got all these when it comes to the LGBTQ. Hey, we got a lot of like pants. So we have to put definitions on stuff. And right. so that's why that abstract concept is hard for people because they need to define something. Exactly. We don't know how to just let go and let whatever's there that the power that made possible what seemed impossible because it mm-hmm. seemed impossible that I would be who I am now. No one believed in me. You know, and that's that's even difficult to be back interacting with family and some old friends because they didn't believe in me. So I've had to work through that as well. Like, let's not stand around. I I understand you're glad now, but I couldn't live with you. (laughs) Like you didn't trust that this was ever going to happen, you know, so.
0: Well, I really love that. It sounds like you had to do some forgiving. Yeah. You know, it sounds like you had to do some work there. What was that like? What was that work like for you? Could you tell the audience?
1: First, I had to forgive myself. Mm. I had to find I had to find I had to let me off the hook because if I if I don't have compassion within myself for me, uh, then I'm not going to have it for you. Like I'm not. I'm going to judge you. I'm going to be hard on you. I'm going to quit. I have to let myself off the hook. And really just looking like I was just saying about that movie Snowfall, like we were sitting ducks. Mm-hmm. You, 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 you said social and economic systems of structural racism. We are under like nine layers of structural racism, you know, It's, it's yeah. and so we're trying to manage that. And then you throw some drugs in there, which is the only thing besides having sex and having more babies. Wow. That, wow. That, that, there's no problems in the community. So it's like it was thrown in there. So I had to really take all that information and start giving myself a break. Like you really, what, what you were doing the best you could with what you had. That's right. Okay. So now that I have more and I, and I know more, I do better. I do better by me. I do better by other people. So yeah, I had to forgive myself. I have to have some self acceptance, some compassion toward myself. I have to not be so hard on myself. And then that way, I can internalize it and therefore it can it can come from within, but it can show up without. Wow. With other people.
0: So I love that. I love that, Dolora. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you yeah. so much for your time and your energy. Thank you for your yeah. transparency and sharing with the audience about your story and what it is that you do at Full Fruit Empowerment Center. Yeah. Yes. Um b- before we before you go, I'd love for you to just shout out your tag or okay. how can
1: my viewers or the viewers reach you? Okay. <laughs> well, um, the Full Fruit Empowerment Center is my therapy practice and a counseling agency. I've just become Uh, certified and licensed through the state of Texas to provide uh, especially drug treatment, but I have a private practice on the side. You can reach me at 682-557-4695. I'm Delora Evans on Facebook or the Full Fruit Empowerment Center. My IG is therapy at the full fruit. And so uh, also uh, I'm a life strategist and I go under Mm -hmm. hood girl gone good. So that's uh, Jasmine Smith and I, I'm giving a little shout out, uh, my social media managers. We're working on, because I'm really on the round the way girl. Like LL Cool J says, standing on the bus stop, sucking on a lollipop. I'm, very, I'm Everyone can't go out to the suburbs and someone has to be where, where we're needed. And so Hood Girl Gone Good and Life Strategist has more of a laid back. Uh, we have packages for the, I can't say life coach because I'm not going to pay for another certification. I have enough. So it's a life <laughs> strategy, qualified, bona fide life strategist so I can help you. So That's please right. reach out.
0: Yes. Wonderful. So you guys heard it. You know where to reach Laura. Thank you all for viewing this today's episode and talk on topics. All right.